Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Tes in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. But I do want to lead up to what we are discussing with some introductory remarks. We had a mission on the very bottom of Yud Chesem and Aleph that talked about the six months uh, during which we send out the shlichim, right? The messengers that will tell us when Rosh Chodesh is. And we said, on the Yisrael Pesach, of because of Tisha B'Av, Elul because of Rosh Hashanah, etc. We're going to be discussing it. There was a question, the first question of the Gemara is, why only those six months? After all, there are other days in the calendar, in the Jewish calendar, that are also significant. Why do we only need to know about the holidays that fall out during those six months? Uh, which basically boil down to, right, the Shal Shregalim and Tishabav and also Hanukkah and, and, and uh, Purim, okay? So that's where we came up with the concept of Megillus Tainus. Now, Megillus Tainus is a fascinating work, Andrew, because it predates the Mishnayos. It's kind of the first Torah Shabbal Peh that we have written down, and there's a reason for that. The reason for that was because Torah Peh was not meant to be written down, as you might recall. It was supposed to be left oral. However, it was during the destruction, the Chorban Bayesheni, that Chazal realized Torah might be lost if it's not written down. And that's why we have the Mishnayis, and subsequent to that, the Gemaras, and Dafyomi, etc. Right? The rest is history, as they say. But before they wrote down these halachas in the Torah Peh, a hundred years prior, to the Chorban Bayesheni, there were dates that Chazal felt at the time should be written down. Okay? Now, writing down dates is not quite as controversial as writing down Halachas and Mishnayis. Because Halachas and Mishnayis is Tarshav Alpet. What were these dates that were written down? Dates where Kal Yisrael was in Sarah and then came out of it, right? Bechas de Hashem. They were dates of joy, okay? Dates of celebration. And they didn't want Kal Yisrael to forget the chesed that Hashem did for them, and therefore they wrote down these dates of ce- celebration in, uh, uh, in something called Megillah Stinus. That's why it's called a Megillah, because it's not Mishnayis, and it's not really, right, it's not part of Tanakh, it's this in-between thing that we have, Megillah Stinus with all the dates. Okay, now, how does Megillah Stinus come into here? Because again, if you have things written in Megillah Stinus, so then those dates should also be celebrated. That said, however, there's a dynamic in Judaism called no such thing as full simcha, so to speak, or full avelas. Everything always has a perspective. So if we read a tocha, we read about the Yeshua that's to follow. When we have a celebration of a chasana, we break the glass. We keep everything in grander, larger scale perspective. Okay, so... One thing that we're taught in Zechariah is that days of Avelus that we used to have will in turn become when Be'ezrat Hashem, Bimher, Be'amenu, the base of Mikdash will be rebuilt. And, right, and those days will turn into days of joy. We know that, right? We say that even today, right? The Tisha B'Av, we're mourning the base of Mikdash. It'll be the greatest day of joy when Be'ezrat Hashem, Be'karv, the base of Mikdash is rebuilt. We know that not only in theory, that was also true in practice. All those days, that's what the Pasuk in Zechariah says, those days, which were days of Chorban, that were commemorated 
um, at the time of the destruction of the first base of Mikdash, those days became days of joy at the rebuilding of the base of Mikdash when they built the second base of Mikdash. So they already had this phenomenon between the first and the second. May we soon have the phenomenon between the second and the third. Okay. Now the question is, is the converse also true? What about the days of joy recorded in Megillus Titus? Again, those were a hundred years prior to the base Hamikdash Sheni being destroyed. Question is, when that base Hamikdash was destroyed, it was Megillus Titus done away with. But the Megillus Titus or not, which is to say, those dates that were dates of salvation didn't have to do with building of the base of Mikdash. Now, Gemara presents the two tzadim, right? The two perspectives. If the days that we're celebrating were all days having to do with the building of the first base of Mikdash, so then when that base of Mikdash is destroyed, certainly, okay, you would not have any reason to celebrate those days anymore, okay? However, if the days of celebration were just a salvation for a different thing, something else happened, right? Um... One of the days, I think, I have never read Megillus Titus, but I think Rav Shechter Shlita uh, said that he remembers Rav Zevin's father dancing in the streets. He used to celebrate Hey Er before Hey Er was Yom Ha'atzma'ut, as we know it in modern secular days. That was a day that was always recorded in Megillus Titus that was propitious for, you know, uh, for Kalal Yisrael. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the least yeshivish things you'll hear, but the point is that you know, this idea of hey, ER being inherently um, um, based in Miguel's Titus for a day of celebration, but that has nothing to do with Binyan Ba'abais, right? So, for example, when the second base of Mikdash is destroyed, does that mean that hey, ER doesn't exist anymore? That we no longer have Hakar Satov? We no longer have reason to celebrate? It's true the base of Mikdash is destroyed. That is the machlokas that we used to have. Rav and Rav Hanina said, but the Miguel's Titus, which means all of those days of celebration, whether they had to do with the Binyan Abayas or not, become bottle once, right, once the second base of Mikdash is destroyed. That's the first, um, that's the first Sheetah. Once there's no more Shalom, once the second base of Mikdash is destroyed, those days are going to be, uh, become days of Tzom and the opposite of celebration, regardless of why we celebrated them in the first place, whereas Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shubin Levi held Lobot Lamegillus Tainus, right? Why? Because it is only those days that were considered because of the base of Mikdash that are bottled once the base of Mikdash is destroyed. Those days listed in, in Megillus Tainus, say Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shubin Levi, those were thanking Hashem for something that existed that did not have to do with the building of the bias. And therefore, those survive. Okay, so now, the Gemara is going to ask, so now, this is, is going to lead us soon to your tests, where the Gemara is going to ask, right, it, can it be true that Megillus Tainus was totally done away with? Because after all, the concept that Megillus Tainus was totally um, butla, the concept of Rav, would mean that you could never add another day of Yantiv again. That these Yomim Tovim that we have were sealed, and now that we are unfortunately living in times of Chorban, you could never add another day 
that what that that didn't that didn't exist. That is implied in Megillah's Titus. However, we see. So the first question that we had in the bottom of Chesam Beis was how about Hanukkah? So we said no. Hanukkah. I know that Hanukkah was added, but Hanukkah is presuming Nisa, right? Hanukkah and Purim we'll see are untouchable. Those days to add those days would be okay. How you doing, Garanowitz? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Tainson yeah. went out of his way yeah. because of Barry yeah. Tainson. Yeah. We learned from Mary Bilger. She said, why, why right. do we got his, his uh, Moshe Bamberger went out of his way. Yeah. He saved him from the, uh, the Gongosa Manor, which is a uh, thing over here. Is that nice of him? Yeah. Right? That's good muscle, right? Yeah. I appreciate that, Gerardo. Right, thank you. Okay. Thank you. So here we go. So the first thing was Hanukkah. The second question was Bitlasa uh, Betishrei. What's Tlasa Betishrei? Now we know the third of Tishrei as Tzom Gedalia. Tzom Gedalia. Now, Tzom Gedalia is, uh, it was a day, right? When was Gedalia killed? So Gedalia was killed in the first base of Mikdash. But the day of Tzom Gedalia was declared as a Yom Tov. As the last words over here on Yerchesan Bey say, right, that in those days, the Yantiv was, they, they created a Yantiv. What was the reason of the Yantiv? To make a long story short, there used to be this habit that they had of writing the Shem Hashem on Shtaros, and then they realized that that was a bad habit because when you write the Shem Hashem on Shtaros, then what happens after the stars are used? Let's say it's a, it's a document to borrow something. Once that loan is repaid, it just becomes Seamus. And it created a tremendous amount of Seamus lying around. What we call Seamus, right? Seamus, Seamus on a document laying around. That was problematic. So they de- decreed that they're not going to write these Seamus. Don't write Seamus on the side of a document anymore. But rather leave it out so that we don't create Seamus. This fact that we no longer were creating Shemus was a cause for celebration. So again, the fact that we know, recorded, that we made a yuntiv out of celebrating this fact that we're not writing the Shemus goes against the Shita that Butler Megillus Tainus. That's where we're holding now. Now, it's counterintuitive, right? Because we fast on Tzom Gedalia. But in, in those days, that was considered a celebration. Okay. So, so <clears throat> What? Oh, because shame Hashem, we cannot allow it to erase. It's the shame Hashem, and so you're not allowed to. We've already seen this in other gemaras. When you have the shame Hashem written, you're not allowed to destroy it. Um, remember the, the the one time where we allow it is the May Sota, where we have a a parchment with the shame Hashem. We say for shalom bias. That's the garano. It's Mister Moment. For Shalom Bayes, we will destroy it, but for nothing else. Okay. So now in the last lines of Yerches and Beis, we say, Hacham Amayaskina, last line, Bismarck Beis Mikdash Kaim. The answer of the Gemara there was the reason why we allowed the uh, Yantiv of the third of Tishrei to happen is not, the answer is that the only reason that was allowed is because the Beis of Mikdash was still around when we did that. That was still around during the Beis of Mikdash, in other words. So long as the base of Mikdash was not destroyed, certainly we could make such a yuntiv. Which is to say, once the base of Mikdash was destroyed, 
then that Yantav was in fact done away with. So it's not relevant to the question, to the Machlokas, of whether Butler Megillah is Tainus or not, because the base of Mikdash was not yet destroyed. Oh. So now we arrive, finally, as Gorano settles in, on the first word in Yotesa Medalev, says the Gemara, V'tepuk lei, dehava lei yom, shenerag bo gedalia ben achikam. In other words, the is like this. At Tzom Gedalia, we said, was already Yantav in the second base of Mikdash. Okay. But maybe, right, it was already a fast on the first base of Mikdash, which is like this. Again, we're flipping everything backwards. Maybe the reason why we can celebrate the third base of Mikdash, ironically, I'm sorry, maybe the third of Tishrei. Maybe the reason why, that, that was a good slip. You should celebrate the third base of Mikdash soon. Maybe the reason why we can celebrate the third of Tishrei is not because the base of Mikdash had not been destroyed yet when we instituted it for the Shtaros reason. Maybe the reason is because, as we know from the Pasuk in Zechariah, anything that was a fast day in the first base of Mikdash became a day of celebration in the second base of Mikdash. And therefore, the fast of Gedalia, which we celebrate Bizman Azeh, was already celebrated, so or kept, not celebrated, commemorated on the first base of Mikdash and just like any other fast that was commemorated in the first base of Mikdash, it already turned automatically into a yuntiv in the second base of Mikdash because all of the, right, all of the fasts of the first base of Mikdash automatically became Yom Tov in the second. So to that, Amar Rav says the Gemara, That's true. In other words, it might be true that we would have already celebrated the third of Tishrei, I told you why I celebrate the third of Tishrei. It's a yontif in our house. Did you know that? Atara and I met on, wow. on Tzom Gedalia. It's beautiful. Yeah. So this Gemara is very relevant. Anyway. Laurelton, right? <coughs> yeah, it's her father's from Laurelton, right. So Amar Rav, Lo Nitzuchai El Lesar Chilofanov. You didn't know that. My wife and Goranowitz cut from the same cloth, right? Both from Laurelton. Anyway, Amar Rav, Lo Nitzuchai El Lesar Chilofanov. Rav says no. The reason why, right, we would reinstitute it is lesser shalafanov. It was customary, right? Not only, right, uh, per, was all were all the fast days uh, turned into yomim tovim, but once you have a date in Megillas Tainus that was considered a once it's written in Megillas Tainus and commemorated as a yomtiv, then it was not only uh, customary not to fast on that day listed in Miguel's Titus, but also not to fast on the day before or the day after. That becomes important. I have a personal version of this, which will actually be a little bit relevant here with regards to Adar. I have a Yortzite on Purim. A lot of people are customarily fast on the Yortzite. Thing is, if you can't fast on that day, some people fast the day before, some people fast the day after. Thing is, the day before I'm already fasting, because it's... It's Tainus Esther. And the day after, I can't fast either. It's Shushan Purim. So, um, anyways, we're going to talk about Tainus Esther in, in, in a moment. But anyway, that that would be the reason why it is in Nafkamin. In other words, even though, regardless of whether it would be automatically a day where you, where, of celebration, the fact that it's in Megillus Tainus would have this added effect of making you not fast before or after. Now, what Barry wants to ask is the day before is, is Rosh Hashanah. This becomes complicated now. 
Tzavgadalia is by definition the day after Rosh Hashanah, right? So it's a question. Some post game used to say that you could fast on, you know, can you fast on Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah has elements of Yom Kippur to it, right? But you would think as a Yom Tov, you certainly cannot fast. Okay, that's a discussion in itself. That is a machlokas dating back to the Ga'onim, right? This point of view uh, where you're allowed to fast or not. Okay, but be that as it may, let's continue in the Gemara. They got new chairs. Right, right. Andrew also noticed that. I did not. Should we, should we uh, say Shekhiyadu? <coughs> no. That's a good question. I don't know. It's, it's just Shofar of, I'm not going to say Shekhiyadu yet, although I do feel Shekhiyadu uh, type of joy just for being able to sit here and learn with you guys. Okay. The Gemara says, Shalafan of Nami, do we have to prohibit a fast, right, from before? Typically, the Havala Yom Shalacha Rosh Chodesh. In other words, unbelievable. Maybe even the day before, in other words, the whole reason, says the Gemara, that you would mention in Megillus Titus, and, and, and if Megillus Titus was not Batel, would be that not only Tzom Gedalia, but even the day before would be prohibited from fasting. So maybe the fact that the day before, right, would, we would have fasted, we would have not fasted anyway. Why? The Havalei Yom Shalach HaVosh Chodesh. Because it's, so to speak, Yisra Chag HaVosh Chodesh. This is a fascinating concept. It's a, right, mind you, Rosh Chodesh, this is a concept that's laden with questions. Again, the Gemara could have said, well, the day before is Rosh Hashanah. You're not fasting on Rosh Hashanah anyway. The Gemara didn't say that. The Gemara said the day before it's on Gedalia is Motzei Rosh Chodesh. So first of all, we don't even mention Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. We know that it's Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, technically, but we don't even mention, number one, Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. Secondly, Yisrochag Rosh Chodesh, you're not allowed to fast, that's a Chodesh in its own right, right? So we have a lot of things that we have to get used to here, but be that as it may, the Gemara refers to Rosh Chodesh Tishrei as Rosh Chodesh, not as Rosh Hashanah in this context, and the reason why he thinks that you can't fast on Bay's Tishrei is because it's the day after Rosh Chodesh. And the Gemara even has a, to add uh, even more puzzlement to this, the Gemara's answer as to why we maybe would not prohibit fasting. That's a, like a double negative. The, day, the reason why we might allow you to fast on the second day of Tishrei is because, as the Gemara says, Rosh Chodesh de Oraisa the Doraisa lo bai chizuk. As Rashi says, Rosh Chodesh is a moed Doraisa. The Doraisa lo bai chizuk. Let's all the fun of lacharav. Ali may megillas tainis der banan. But tzrichin chizuk. So again, just to say it outside, those days in megillas tainis were der banan, obviously, and they required chizuk, which is to say that's why we said don't fast on those days, don't fast the day before, and don't fast the day after to draw attention to that day and to make that day special. Rosh Chodesh is something which is mentioned in the Torah. Even though, as the Mepharshim will be quick to point out, the Torah doesn't say that you're not allowed, that you're not allowed to fast on Rosh Chodesh explicitly. In other words, this idea, we don't, right, we paskin la halacha, that we don't fast on Rosh Chodesh. But, it, but is that a halacha do raisa? Not necessarily. The concept of Rosh Chodesh certainly is. But the halacha of not fasting, that's, that's questionable whether that's do raisa. Be that as it may, the fact that Rosh Chodesh is do raisa means lo boy chizuk, you don't need to add on the prohibition of fasting before or after, and therefore, the fact that it's Rosh Chodesh in and of itself would not be a reason to say that you can't fast on the second day of Tishrei, and the only reason would be if it is in fact included in Megillah's Tainus. Says the Gemara, Netanya. 
So now, the Tanya is about eight lines down from the top. It says, the Tanya, Hayamim ha'ela ha'ksuvim b'megilas tainis, right? Asurin bein lifneim bein lachareim. Right, that those days that are mentioned in megilas tainis, right, uh, I, I was wrong, it's five lines down. Asurin bein lifneim bein lachareim, Shabbosos v'yom tovim heim asurim lifneim bein lachareim mutarim. However, Shabbos and Yantiv, it's forbidden to fast, certainly on Shabbos and Yantiv. We're including Rosh Chodesh here in that list. And, right, it's Lifneim Lachreim Mutarim. Even though it's also to fast in those days, you could fast on Erev Shabbos, as some, many people do, Lachachila. And you could fast on Sunday also. Ma Hefresh Bein Lazel Zeh. What would be the difference between Shabbos and Yantiv as opposed to the days mentioned in Megillus Tainus? Says the Gemara, Halalu Divrei Torah, Vein Divrei Torah, Tzrichim Chizuk. Shabbos and Yantiv are mentioned in the Torah, and therefore you're not going to forget it. They don't need any Chizuk, and therefore you don't have to go the extra mile of Asering, fasting before and after. Halalu Divrei Sofrim, but those days that are mentioned in Megillus Tainus are in fact Midur Abanan, and therefore Divrei Sofrim, Tzrichim Chizuk. Therefore they require the Chizuk that comes from telling you that you should also not fast the day before and the day after. So where we're left now here is that Tzom Gedalia, our day it's a Yantiv because that's when I met Atara, but in, for the rest of Kal Yisrael, right, it was already, right, A, even if you say there was already a Yantiv, you would still need Megillus Tainus to Aser fasting on the day before and the day after. It therefore makes it seem as though Megillus Tainus no butla, right? It makes it sound like we're taking a stance on that machlokas. Says the Gemara, maybe not. Maybe the reason where Bez Tishrei is also to fast is a different reason. Says the Gemara, Right, that's the day before the killing. So here's where we see that the third day, remember the first reason why we celebrated and that which reason which is um, which was mentioned in our Gemara, was because we stopped writing the Shemus of Hashem. That was cause for celebration. But before that was ever the case, right, that was the day, right, that, that Gedalia ben Achikam was killed. Now, if that was the day he was killed, it was a uh, day of, of celebration once the second Beis HaMikdash was built. But that still would require chizuk because that's not a cause deraisa. That is a derabanan reason. But what's fascinating here is that even though, right, in other words, even though we had a deraisa reason because it was the day after Rosh Chodesh, the fact that it also has on top of it a derabanan reason, which is that it's the day before what was Tzom Gedalia, right, that requires chizuk. You would think it wouldn't, re- once it doesn't require chizuk, it doesn't require chizuk because it uh, follows deraisa. Be that as it may, Amar Ravashi, the Gemara says, "Kedalia ben Echikam divrei Kabbalahu." They instituted some Kedalia. That's a very good question. So this is exactly what the Gemara is addressing now. It's considered a divrei Kabbalah, which is to say, it's written already in Navi. It's written already in Navi. V'divrei Kabbalah k'divrei Torah Damu. Right? Some Kedalia because it's all. It was so early. It was in the Bayis Rishon, right? It's considered like Divrei Kabbalah, as if it's mentioned in the Nevi'im. Once it's the Orisa, ironically, it no longer requires the extra chizuk, and therefore, even though you don't fast on Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, right, and even though you don't fast on Gimel Tishrei, 
because both Rosh Chodesh Tishrei and Gimel Tishrei are essentially treated as Doraises and don't require Chizuk, you would normally be able to fast on Beis Tishrei if it were not for the fact that it was written in Megillus Tainus. Woo! Okay. So now, fine. So, so far, it sounds like maybe Megillus Tainus was still in effect. So let's see. Masav Rav Tovi Another objection to the fact, again, we're trying to show that there were days that were instituted as happy days after Megillus Tainus. Oh. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Henry Winkler. Okay. So, a yid, a yid. Yeah, the Fonz is a yid. Masav Rav Tovi Bar Masna. The Esrim. Andrew. Stop rolling your eyes on me, Andrew. It's too early. Masav Rav Tovi Bar Masna. Okay. So, if you could find another another uh, day that's in McGillistan. We're talking about now like this. Happy days, as we said. Once you could find a happy day that still exists, that was instituted, that means that all the happy days were not bottled by the Baishani. So here we go, by the destruction of Baishani. On the 28th of, what's Bay? Bay is a, a month that the Gemara explains is Adar. Okay. Let's take the 28th of Adar. What's going on here? It's right before Nisan. Okay. Asas besorta tafta That was a good day where good news came to the Jews. What was the good news? That it would not have to stop learning. What was the context? Says the Gemara. At the time, there was a terrible Roman decree. To quote Rabbi David Katzschlita, the Greeks were bad, but the Romans were sick dogs. They were worse. So they made the following three decrees. Shaloh Yaskub, yeah, could be. Shaloh Yaskub you can't study. You can't have Brismila, and you can't keep Shabbos. This may sound familiar to you. You've already learned Gemaras that point out that those three are the bris between Klal Israel and Hashem. All three are referred to as a bris Torah, Mila, obviously, and Shabbos. And you know what? The Romans are enemies intuit that. And they, that's what they want to break. Exactly what Goranowitz said. The jealousy, whatever it is, the resentment. They want to break those three things. They somehow figured out that that's, those are the three things and therefore that's what they outlaw. So Ma'asa Yehuda ben Shemua bechaverav. What do Yehuda ben Shemua and his colleagues do? Halchu v'nadlu matronisa achas. They wanted politics. They wanted to address it politically. What's a matronisa? A matron, like a matron. Like literally a mother Teresa. She was not a Jewish woman, they went to a wise, highly respected Matronisa, right? Mother Teresa, and they asked her, what should we do, right? Is there a, some sort of diplomacy we could use to uh, reverse this horrible decree? Well, uh, as the Gemara says, she was very well known. She right? She was respected by all the Gedolim of Rome, all the leaders of the Roman Empire used to frequent her. Um, and ask her for Eitzah. So she was like a figure, like an international figure. So Amr Lahem. So she said the following. Here's my Eitzah. First of all, it was a good Eitzah to go ask her. Because once she gives you Eitzah, then people will probably listen. She says, go like this. Bo ginu balayla. This is from the word hafgana. Anybody who spends any time in Israel, turning over trash cans and burning tires, hafgana. You make a hafgana, a demonstration. So she says, go make a demonstration. Why at night? Balayla. Well, Belayla is when you can get people's attention in those days. During the day, in the market and everything, everything's loud, 
you could get drowned out by the crowds. But at night, if you start the fires and you really start making noise, people will say, what's the commotion? And you'll catch their attention. So they listened to her. They made the Hafkanah in Amru. And this was their slogan that they chanted in the Hafkanah. They said, Ishamayim, as Rashi says, for, for the love of God, for heaven's sake, as Rashi says, Are we not brothers? Are we not children of the same father? And are we not children of the same mother? Right? They're trying to establish some sort of kinship and saying, why would you treat us? They are appealing to their liberal uh, attitudes of like, why are you treat, treating us as other? You should, you should treat us as same. The Maharsha takes these three and lines it up. Uh, the Lo Achechem, Lo Av, and Lo Aim with the Torah, Mila, and Shabbos and says, oh, this, is, this was a direct thing. Okay, that could be, right? Uh, but be that as it may, it sounds like on the surface there, it's just a, a chant to establish a kinship. It says the, as, as the chant continues, In what way are we different from any other nation? That you're making these terrible gazeras uh, on us. Now, Now, <laughs> This is why Marsha has to line it up, right? In other words, how about the Torah? You're the only ones that have the Torah. How about Shabbos? You're the only ones that have Shabbos. How about Bris Mila? You're the only ones that have Bris Mila. That's what Marsha has to go and say. These three Tainas are trying to say, yeah, even though we have Bris Mila, like Ishmael also has Bris Mila, Esav has Bris Mila, Esav, Rome is considered like the spiritual descendant of Esav. So Esav also had a Bris Mila. Esav also had the same right, lineage at some point, right, before it broke off. So they're appealing to their commonality, but it's obvious that they're also different. But, you know, uh, this, this, this brings up Garanowitz's point. It's the resentment of, like, the favored brother, so to speak, that causes some of this conflict. And therefore, the appealing and saying, are we brothers after all? This has been going on since the beginning of time, right, when Yaakov uh, tried to appeal to Esau. And so... In that particular case, it worked. As the Gemara says, Uvitlum, how do you like that? The Hefkanah worked. They, they, they reversed the decrees, and therefore they made the 28th day of Adar, which was the day of this occurrence, of this occurrence a Yantiv. They turned it into a Yantiv. <coughs> the, the Romans were sick dogs um, in their personal behavior and approach. Um, the 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 ways that they tortured and killed, the, not 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 the uh, but but you're right. The Roman Empire was like the beginning of what we call modern civilization. Be that as it may, right. and that in those days, twenty eighth day. Uh, it, so 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 again, twenty eighth day of Adar was actually declared a yontif. This was after, right after already, uh, Megillus Titus was written and says the Gemara. If you hold that Megillus Titus is uh, was mevutal, and therefore all happy days are are to be done with. Kamaisa batal. Well, those first Yom Tovim were batal. About achornaisa mosifin, or it's really bitmia. Achornaisa mosifin. In other words, if you're going to be batal, all those Yom Tovim that we took extra precaution to write down because we didn't want to forget, would it be possible that we would destroy all of those and yet make another yontiv for a, a situation like this? Doesn't make any sense. 
In other words, it only would make sense if we still were able to celebrate all the other days of Miguel's Titus. And yet, if you hold that, we can't. So then we certainly can't add on another day, the 28th of Adar. So if Toby says, maybe there's a solution as follows. Maybe you'll say what we said by Tzom Gedalia, that all of this story took place when the base of Mikdash was still extant, was still standing, and therefore in Achinami. During, so long as the base of Mikdash was standing, you could add a day. And then it was destroyed with the rest of Megillus Titus. But that cannot be said here, says the Gemara, because chronologically, historically, this story could not have taken place during the, um, during the time that the base of Mikdash was still standing. Because after all, we said that Yehuda ben Shemua were the ones that went to Mother Teresa to find out what to do. And Rabbi Yehuda ben Shemua, says the Gemara, Ah, but Yehuda ben Shemua was a Talmud of Rabbi Meir. And as we know, Rabbi Meir was a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva lived the Churban Abayah. So this was like a grand Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. Must have been that this took place, right? If he already rose to the prominence and he's the one that's in the delegation going to Mother Teresa, so it can't be that it was before the Churban Abayah. It had to have been after. And the Gemara walks you through it. He had Rabbi Shemua was Talmid Shemua Meir. Rabbi Meir Basar Hachi Hava, and Rabbi Meir was certainly after the Chorban Abayis. The Tanya, because we learned in the Brisa, Klis Chuchich Shenikvu. Okay, you're going to bring a Raya here that Rabbi Meir was Rabbi Yehuda Ben Shemua's Rabbi, because if you have a glass vessel that is uh, perforated with holes, Vehitif Latochan Avar, and you pour molten lead into it. So now it's interesting. The lead is what's holding the kli up. But really, it's a glass kli. Glass is not makabal tumah. Lead is makabal tumah. Are you going to call this a lead kli? Because it's lead that's holding it together? Or are you going to call it a glass kli? Because after all, it is a glass kli. Nafkamina, is it makabal tumah? Says the Gemara. Yehuda ben Shemua is going to treat it as a lead kli, right? Which is makabal tumah. And he had that Kabbalah from the Mechlokas, he had like Rabbi Meir. As Ra, the last Rashi in your Testament Aleph records, that that was the Mechlokas, we already learned it, Masech Shabbos, right? Hoyl, the last two lines in Rashi, avar damu, That was the Shittas of Meir, that was, right, that it's based on what holds it up. That Shita was quoted by Rabbi Yudam and Shemua, and therefore, we see that Rabbi Meir was his Rebbe. Rabbi Meir lived in the Chorban Abayas. Therefore, this whole story of the 28th of Adar had to have happened after the Chorban Abayas. And therefore, how could you add on, if in fact, Megillus Titus was Batel, how could you add on this extra day? Uh, as we turn to your Testament base, we say, right, that that was connected to Rabbi Meir. The Chachamim Metarin, be that as it may, we've established that Rabbi Meir was Rabbi Yehuda ben Shemua's Rebbe. In any case... <coughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a it's a good question. With the point you're saying, the Romans look like they're religious people. They just don't want us to have our religion. Interesting. Okay, so the Gemara ends up conceding that in fact this idea of whether Megillah is Titus Butler or not is a machlokas tanaim. It's not just a machlokas rav, right? Uh, it's not just a machlokas amaraim, but it dates back to the tanaim. 
That's really what's going on here. As the Gemara says, the Tanya, Hayami Vaelu Aksuf Megillas Tainus, Bain Bizman Shabes Mikashkaim, Bain Bizman Shain, Bain Mikashkaim, Asurin, David Rabbi Mayer. So sure enough, Rabbi Mayer in fact holds that the, those days, right, they are usher to fast, regardless of whether you still have the base of Mikdash. So that is, in fact, shows you that Megillus Tainus was not Batel. However, Rabbi Yossi Omer, we're talking about, right, Tanaim now, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Bizman Shabes Mikdash Kayim Asurin, that so long as the base of Mikdash was Kayim, it's usher to fast on those days, noted in Megillus Tainus. Because that was joyous, because those were joyous days. However, ain't base of Mikdash Kayim, Mutarin. Once the base of Mikdash is destroyed, you are allowed to fast. That's what Mutarin means. It's a generalized malaise and depression that accompanies the Chorban that, allow, that allows you to be Mevatel, even days that had nothing to do with the Binyan base of Mikdash. It's just you Mevatel all of Megillah's Tainus. So, in fact, we see a Machlokas Tanaim about whether Megillah's Tainus was Batel. What is the halacha? Says the Gemara, "Ve'elchasav batalu." Halacha is that the the Megillah's Tainus was batal. And then the Gemara says, "Ve'elchasav lo batlo." Halacha is Megillah's Tainus was not batal. I'm getting mixed messages, Andrew. Sometimes you give me mixed messages. I meant to tell you, but here, how are we going to resolve it? Kasha hilchasa hilchasa. This is an internal contradiction. Was it batal or not? Says the Gemara, "Lo kasha." Kan b'chanako purim, kan b'shar yome. Right. Sometimes that the Hanukkah and Purim were not batel. The rest of the days were okay. Well, you can have a lot of explanations to this, right? The Ran says that because Purim is in right, we actually have in, in Ksuvim, right? So maybe it would also be like, uh, like right? We have a Megillah Sester, so maybe that's why it's not batel. What about Hanukkah? So th- this becomes a big tumult. Because we do have other days. This is where the Chassam Sofer uh, famously has a large discussion about why do we have Lagba Omer? Like, Mehecha Tesi Lagba Omer, never heard of such a thing. It's not even a thing. I don't even know how it could be possibly uh, okay to have a Lagba Omer in the calendar. Uh, it's not Hanukkah. It's not Purim, certainly. Where's even the source? What are you celebrating? Has nothing to do with the Binyan Abayas? Has nothing to do with anything? So, I ain't sham. But be that as it may, we're going to continue two dots, nine lines down in your testament bays. And we're going back and on to what we said back in the Mishnah on the bottom of Yudchesam and Aleph, this question of when we send out. So this was all a discussion of the days, right, of that we don't send out, right? The Mishnah recorded six months that we send out the, the uh, Shluchim. We said, well, there's six months. Uh, the other six months also have some happy days in there. But what about the, the actual six months we send out the Shluchim? So one of them, the first one, in fact, was Elul. We said that was because we want to know when Rosh Hashanah is. You know, once you send them out on Rosh Hashanah, it's a little late because it's Rosh Hashanah already. So you have to send them out on Elul. Now, that only makes sense if you know whether Elul is going to be, uh, how many days it's going to be. If it, because if you don't know whether it's going to be Uber or not, if you don't know whether Elul is going to be 29 or 30 days, then sending them out on Rosh Hashanah Elul doesn't help you. Because even if you could pinpoint when Rosh Chodesh El was, you still don't know whether Rosh Hashanah is on the first or the second day. So let's see. Mind you, not only we send an El, we also send that in Tishrei, but when we send that in Tishrei, it's not for Rosh Hashanah. It's too late. It's for the rest. It's for Sukkot and the rest of the Moadah. So that's what the Gemara had said. Al Tishrei between the Kos and Moadah. Says the Gemara. Once you're sending El, you don't need Tishrei. Again, 
there would be no reason to send for Elul if, if, we, if we didn't know how many days Elul had. And if we know how many days Elul has, then we already know when Rosh Chodesh Tishrei is, so we don't have to send on Tishrei. There'd be no reason to send on Tishrei. So, right, again, if, so you get it, right? In other words, if it works to send on Elul, we don't need it for Tishrei. If it doesn't work, and we need it for Tishrei, for the Moados of Tishrei, so there'd be no point in sending them on Elul. That's the point. So how are we sending them both on Tishrei and on Elul? So he says, Atishrei Lamalahu, why are we sending on Tishrei if we already know how many days Elul has? Says the Gemara Vachitema Dilma Abrua Elul. We say, well, maybe Elul, we don't know. The Amar, right? Maybe it's an Iber. Maybe it's a it's a Chodesh Mubar. Amar Rav Chanina Bar Kahana Marav. Me most Ezra Ve'Elach Lomatzinu Elul Mubar. Can't be that's Mubar, and that's why we send an Elul in the first place to find out where Rosh Hashanah is, because from the days of Ezra it was always Chaser, right? It was always a twenty nine day month Elul. So the Gemara Lomatzinu Dulo Itzrich. We never found Elul to be Malay because we didn't need to. However, that was not a matter of ironclad policy. Had we needed it to be 30 days, we would have been Ma'aber Elul. That's the answer. Wait a minute, says the Gemara. But Hamikalkel Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, but if you would have done that, you would be, you would be disrupting Rosh Hashanah. How could you do that? You're going to be Ma'aber Elul, and you're going to tell the, the uh, B'nai Jacob Shara Zion after the first day of, of Rosh Hashanah, we say, by the way, guys, that was a dress rehearsal. Now it's Rosh Hashanah. You're, just, you're, you're messing up Rosh Hashanah. Says the Gemara, Mutav tikalkal Rosh Hashanah, Vlois kalkal kulo ma'ados. Wow. An amazing cheshman. Rosh Hashanah, it's true. It's going to turn out that that was mikalkel. However, the rest of Yantav, at least you'll get straight. So it's worth it to be ma'aber el. And that's, in fact, meduyik in the Mishnah, as the Gemara says. Daikanami. As follows. Diktani al tishrei mipnei takanas ma'ados. What does the Mishnah say? It says that the reason why we send out Right, the Eidim on Tishrei is for the Mo'adoz. Sounds like Shmami Na'a. Sounds like our priority is the rest of the Mo'adoz and not Rosh Hashanah itself. So now we're at the two dots in the middle of your Testament base and we're getting to Kislev. I hear sometimes some people say you should fast two days Yom Kippur. How is that possible? Well, you can't fast two days Yom Kippur because Yom Kippur is one day, but... There was one time that the Altamirs fasted two days in Kippur when they didn't know in Kobe, uh, Japan, when they were on the island off of when they were in the island off of the mainland before they went to Shanghai. They didn't know which day was Yom Kippur. They had a big controversy in 1944, 1945. It was just one year, I think, and uh, and so they kept out of Suffolk two days in Kippur, even though the Chazanish said um, what, where the de- international dateline was. It's not for now. But no, other than that, it's actually a, an iser to fast an Erev Yom Kippur, certainly. You have to eat on the ninth of Tishrei. But let's get to Kislev. Says the Gemara. Al Kislev mipnei Chanukah, val Adar mipnei Purim. Okay. So we have Kislev here and Adar. Chanukah and Purim. Wow. Ve'ilun it abra shana yoytzin af Adar sheni mipnei Purim lo katani. This is a question of Adar sheni. What's going on here? Like this. Now we're not talking about a... Ibur Chodesh, we're talking about right, an Ibur Shana. When you add an extra month, so the question would be like this. Why does our Mishnah mention Kislev of Chanukah and other of Purim and does not mention other Sheni of Purim? That's the question. Because as we know, when we have a second day of Adar, when do we keep, well, a second month of Adar, when do we keep Purim and the other Sheni, right? We always say that it's a lead up to, to Pesach. 
right? So it's always going to be Shloshim Yom Lifnei Achag, so to speak, to have that part. What about Yortzite? That's the whole thing. I happen to have Yortzite and other Shani. So the year that my father passed on Purim was Adar Shani. So my Yortzite is always going to be Adar Shani, because when there's a second Adar, that is the Yortzite. Um, what would have happened if it was uh, Adar Rishon? So then that, that, that's a question. Do you keep Adar Rishon or Adar Shani? Be that as it may, says the Gemara. There's a, there's, I think there's a question with regards to Moshe Rabbeinu's yard site, which happens to be my grandmother's yard site, Zion Adar. What happens on an Adar Shani? Be that as it may, like this. So, Masnison could look Rebbe. No, it's not, I'm just saying my mother's, what would be the yard site for her? Oh, you remember yeah. all that? So, Masnison could That implies that the Mishnah is not according to Rebbe, the Tanya. It's called in the Bryson. Rebbe Omer, even Shana, Yotzin Af Al Adar Shani, Mipnei Hapurim. Right, so our Mishnah doesn't mention Adar Shani. So our Gemara is saying that that's because our Mishnah disagrees with Rebbe. Rebbe, were he to write the Mishnah, so to speak, he would have said, yes, go out, Al Adar Shani, because you do have to send out, uh, in fact, um, you do have to, in fact, send out Shlichim for Adar Shani. Now our Gemara is going to ask, wait a minute, is that the Machlokas? Why would Rebbe say that you send that for Adar Shani, why our Mishnah does not? Is it the Machlokas as follows? The Marsava Kolmitz was Nogas Vishani, Nogas Vishon. The Marsava Kolmitz was Nogas Vishani. Ain't a Nogas Vishon? The question is like this Does Rebbe and our, the author of our Mishnah have a Machlokas about what to do if you accidentally, so to speak, uh, uh, celebrated Purim on other Rishon? That could be Machlokas. In other words, you could have the following Shita. A community didn't know about the Ibur of the Chodesh, that could happen. Usually the best din would declare that it's a leap year prior to Adar, and then by the time Adar comes, you would know whether there's a second one or not. But not always. Sometimes they waited a little bit. And it was already after Adar was declared that they came out with the idea that the, that the Shana was going to be Muberet. There's a community that didn't find out about it, and they kept Purim on Adar Rishon. The question is, once they kept Purim on other Rishon, do they have to do it all over again on other Shani? That, says the Gemara, is a machlokas. The Gemara says, no, that's not the machlokas. Everybody holds that if you have to do Purim, you have to do it on other Shani. And even if you did it inadvertently on other Rishon, you would have to repeat and do it again on other Shani. So what's the machlokas? The machlokas is when you can do an Ibar Shana. The Tanya, Kama Ibar Shana, how many days, right, does other have? Shloshim Yom. And Rabban Shimon Gamliel Omer Chodesh. Ah, there's a fundamental Tanaik Machlokas about how many days are added on when you add on other. Is it a 30 day period, a month, a full month, or is it a Chodesh? What would be the difference? When it says 30 days, it's the equivalent of 30 days. When it says Chodesh, presumably it means 29 days. Well, I'm not sure. Is that what that means? Says the Gemara. What's the difference between 30 days and a month? The Yadi. Because everybody knows, right, Chodesh, that, that 30 days means 30 days. And therefore, you would not need messengers, right? So, says, so ask the Gemara. Chodesh Nami Yadi. Well, everyone knows that when you say Chodesh, it really means 29 days. In other words, we know what you mean when you say Chodesh versus 30 days. You mean to say that it's not 30, it's 29. So once you know whether it's 29 or 30, either way, you would not need Adim, right? Because you already have it predetermined how many days are going to be from Rosh Chodesh. Amar of Papa, no. 
If you say Chodesh as opposed to the 30 day, that means that you can either have 29 or 30 days. So it would mean that according to Shem Gamliel, there would in fact be a reason to send that messengers for other Shani, and that is in fact the uh, Shita of Rebbe. A couple more minutes, 16 lines up from the bottom. It says, Rabbi and Levi uh, testified in the name of the Kala Kadisha. Why were they called Holy Congregation? Dr. Uh, Glatt says you have to look at Nisim Garden Brachos, Tesam and Beis, or, 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 or Beitza, um, we, we just learned on Chavzayin, because they learned half the day and worked half the day. Or because they learned half the year and worked half the year. That's why they're called so holy, because they spent so much time learning and working. Anyway, what did they say? According to the two others that we're Makadesh, Right on, on the Yom on, on the thirtieth of the month, Rashi explains what this means. It makes it sound like you make both others right twenty nine days. That's to exclude what, that which of Nachman learned. Right, and Rav Simai actually testified in the last of the Nevi'im. Right, Al Adarim that they had two Adarim. That in fact, in the days of the Mikdash, they could make it either Chaser, Malay, either one Chaser, Malay, and it was totally dependent on testimony. And that's how they would do it in the Galas. However, Rav said that always assume that the first other is full and the second one is Chaser. Unless it becomes known, right, from the people coming from Eretz Yisrael, that Rosh Chodesh was fixed on the 30th day, making the first Adar Chaser. So we will stop here, five lines up from the bottom of Yotesim Beis. I'll just add that there is a Machlokas. What about Bizman Hazet? With regards to, right, with regards to Yom Tov Sheni, so that's the Machlokas Rambam and Ritva. Rambam holds with regards to Yom Tov Sheni that wherever it was, uh, wherever the Shlichim reached during the Bais, the Zman Bais, that's where we keep one day today. So you could be like in Jordan and only keep one day. Whereas Ritva says it all depends on whether it's in Eretz Yisrael or outside Eretz Yisrael, broad strokes, as opposed to which communities actually got the Shlichim. More on this topic, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow.